is Greener Grass, a podcast. We are your hosts, Carrie Wheat and Kelly McVeigh. So excited to have you with us today. We are super pumped because we have Jimmy Howard here today. He is a goalie. He spent 14 years with the Detroit Red Wings. He is a 2008 Stanley Cup winner, and he's an Olympic goaltender. Kelly and I were lucky enough to sit down with him to talk about his ups and downs, his amazing career, his achievements, and his family. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this. Let's get started. So I am so excited to, I always say I'm so excited, but I feel like this is a major deal that we have Jimmy Howard on today. And all of you know that I have a little bit more, or I'm learning, I'm learning about hockey I I should say I'm definitely learning because I still don't understand the majority of things that happen, but with a um, couple goalies in the house, I feel like I'm learning some and Jimmy, it was so fun to look up all your stats, everything that you have done um, through your lifetime as a goalie, as a hockey player. So we're so excited to have you and just learn a little bit more about you, your life and all things hockey. So welcome to Green Grass. Thanks for having me on. Okay, so I want to start off just, you grew up in New York. This is really like life, all things. So you grew up in New York. Did you have like a natural gift with skating and all things? Like how did you end up in the hockey world to start with? Well, yeah, I grew up in New York. I grew up in Amish land. Uh, There's not much up there. Okay, good to know. Good to know. So it's nothing but skating on ponds. Is that what you're telling me? No, no ponds. Um, We did have one outdoor rink when I was growing up there, but uh, for the most part, my dad, my dad grew up loving the game of hockey. He played Division Two at Oswego State, and then when he was done, you know, going to school there, he became a teacher. He wanted to become a high school hockey coach. So. That's exactly what brought us to upstate New York was he, you know, pursued his uh, career in teaching and also being a high school coach. And I just, I fell in love with it. You know, as a kid, it was, I was just drawn to the sport. And I think it was just because of how much he loved it. Um, You know, he was the high school coach. I remember from early on for Canton high school, which was a neighboring town. Um, and then he moved to be the, uh, the high school coach for my hometown of Ogdensburg free Academy. So from a very early age, I was always around the, um, the locker room in the game. Okay. I love that. So having a, that relationship with your dad, that has to be special that you went on to do so many things with hockey. Did you feel like it was a special bond between the two of you that you shared like as a hobby and a love, or do you feel like he was someone that was like consistently coaching you, mentoring you and pushing you in a lot of ways? I'd say D all the above. (laughs) It was, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, he coached me early on because, um, especially when I became a goalie. There was, there was no goalie coaches up there. So he, um, he used to work for Canaan hockey school in Lake Placid and, uh, throughout the summertime. So he got to know some goalie coaches through the, through, uh, working that. And he would ask them for drills and everything like that to put me through at, at a younger age until, you know, I was old enough to go to the camp with him. Um, but, uh, you know, he also pushed me, uh, he realized when I was about, 
10, 11 years old. She's the age of my oldest now. So uh, uh, that, uh, that uh, you know, I had, I had a natural gift, uh, you know, when it came to hockey. And uh, that's when he proceeded to retire from um, coaching the high school team. And he just, he started coaching me. And, and you know, things just started to evolve. Okay, so why goalie? Like, I feel like, I think a goalie, and remember, Kelly Kelly talking and not having any idea, like, it's such a specific, like, I feel like you have to be super tough in a sense, too, and, like, mindset and focus has to be a huge part of it because I think, you know, as a player, you go out, you have a bad moment, but, like, you can have a win quickly, and I think as a goalie, you have to be able to reset. You know, I just think it's such a specific thing and it's being super athletic, but also really a mindset game. And in, in my opinion, watching as an, a new person, but like why choose goalie? I feel like that's a tough spot to choose. Well, from everything you just said, <laughs> and I was drawn to the, uh, I was drawn to the equipment, the painted mask and everything like that as a kid, like that's when, like that's when goalie equipment slowly, you know, went from just being all brown to all of a sudden you could you could design your own pads and come in colors, and then you know guys were painting their masks, and and that's when like I remember like when I first started, that's what really drew me to being a goalie was uh, just I thought it was cool, the equipment was cool. I mean, when I started playing that, I was six six or seven years old, so. I was always one of those rink rat kids that, you know, was around the rink when I was younger with my dad. And uh, when I was in the dressing room, I'd always have the guys, you know, shooting tape balls on me and I'd go over and I'd grab the stuff. I know it pissed my dad off because it smelled so bad. I still using it, it, but I didn't care. I just, uh, I was just drawn to the position and, and that's how, that's how it all really started for me was just the cool equipment. Oh my goodness. You know, I, I know much less about hockey than Kelly does, but it is completely defensive. There is no offensive part of it, right? No, zero. Zero. So to be successful. Unless you're one of the lucky guys that gets to score a goal, I guess. Well, that's the thing. Like you never get to score a goal. You don't have that win, win, like doing your job is nothing's happening, right? Not, not nothing, but they're not scoring. They're not scoring. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's it's one of those cruel positions where you make a mistake, a red light goes on behind you, and twenty thousand fans, especially if you're playing at home, are mad at you. So. <laughs> yeah, like on their feet, um, yeah, cheering for the other cheering, team. That's that's rough. Road, yeah. I mean, it, it was just uh, as I got older, you know, like scoring a goal for me was you know coming up with a big save for for um, for the team, um, you know, in, in the shootout when it's you know one on one, you know, trying to come up with that with that same for me, that was like, you know, scoring a goal. Yeah, it is. And I think, you know, it makes or break the, uh, the game in a lot of way, like in your right. Like I th- think the fans are all mad at you in the moment, but there's a, so many things that happen in front of you that, I mean, obviously you have to be amazing and sharp and all the things, but it does come down on you, even though there's players in front of you that also 
have a hand in there's, there's normally mistakes made in front of you before that red light goes on so totally. but at the same time your job is is to keep that puck out of the net and uh you know that's what that's where I, you know, found myself, um, you know, when I was growing up and getting older, I just, uh, I thrived on it. Like I loved being in that, uh, you know, in those moments of, you know what, this is, this is on me, whether, you know, we move on or if we're playing for, for States or something like that, uh, you know, just in playoffs as I got older. So it was, uh, Something that I thrived on being in that moment of, you know, this falls on my shoulders. Okay. 14, 16, you went to juniors and I feel like, and I could be wrong, but isn't that like you moved away from home? I didn't, I was lucky. I didn't have to move away. Okay. okay. Yeah. So my hometown of Augensburg, New York was right on the St. Lawrence river. Like you walk out my front door, you look to the right, there's Canada. There's a bridge literally seven minutes from my house that connected it. So I didn't have to move away for the three years that I played junior over in Canada. My, you know, the first two years, um, you know, I logged a lot of hours with my, my mom or my dad, depending on who was able to drive me, uh, you know, to practices um, and games. And who and would that. you have rather ridden with, your mom or your dad? Depends on how, depends on how the game went. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, but, uh, and then, you know, when I went to junior A, that's, uh, I was old enough finally the spring of that year where I was able to drive myself. So I never, I didn't have to move away, even though, you know, I started playing juniors at a young age. So I'm very thankful for that. I was still able to be, um, I was still able to go to school with all my buddies and, and everything like that. So it was, uh, I'm just thankful that the schedules worked out the way they did that. I didn't have to move Okay. So did you know when you were in juniors, how important hockey was and how good you were, or did that come when you were with team USA team, the development program? Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, I didn't realize it until I got selected by uh, the development team in Ann Arbor. That was when I was still, still in Ann Arbor. I didn't realize, like, holy cow, like, this could be something. Like, as soon as I got to Ann Arbor, it was like, all right, I know I'm going to get a free ride. I just got to be smart on where I'm going to, you know, choose to, choose to go to university. Cause that's all I, that's all I ever wanted did. Like I got drafted into the OHL. I think it was the fifth round of the Peterborough Pete's and I was very close to going there. It was, I was signing my contract the day that uh, the U S program called. And okay. And call. So for the listeners and Jimmy, you tell me if I say this right, if you sign with the OHL, you can't go to college no, at US or play or you, play. So yes. if you make that move and go to the OHL, then you can't go to college, but you knew that you wanted to play for college. I knew I wanted to play, you know, university, uh, just from growing up and watching St. Lawrence university play at Clarkson university play, you know, on the weekends when I had a free weekend and I, you know, could go over there with my dad and my buddies and, and watch the game. So it was always a dream of mine, but um, like I didn't really know a lot about the OHL until I was, you know, 15 years old when I got drafted, um, you know, by the Pete. So what, like, 
it, like when I tell you, it was very close to me going to Peterborough. Like they ended up driving to my house after I called them and told them that, uh, Hey, look, I'm going to the U S program. I don't remember it. My dad does. I don't know why I don't. You think that'd be a significant memory? Yeah. <laughs> but I don't. I don't really have any recollection of him, you know, being at my house after, um, you know, I I decided to go to the U.S. program. So, um, but you know, everything always happens for a reason, right? Like totally. Like I I made the decision to go to the U.S. program because. I was going to get to play for my country every single day. I, I remember telling my mom and my dad, I go, that's where I want to go because I get to wear USA across my chest every single day. And, you know, for, for an athlete, that that's everything, you know, like to be able to represent a country, it, it means, it means the world to every single athlete. And you were 17 at the time. Yeah, I was 17. Yeah. Okay. And so at that time you moved away. I moved away when I was 17 years old. Yeah. Okay. And you had the whole, like a family that you lived with. The and- family that I lived with. We're yeah. still close with them to this day. They still, you know, watch our kids and everything since we're only 45 minutes, you know, away from Ann Arbor. So we're still I close. That. And that's nice. Yeah. So living in Ann Arbor, did you at that time, like, I know you went to the university of Maine, we can talk about that, but did you always have a thing for the Red Wings living in Michigan and playing for no. USA? No, 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 that's no. the answer. No. Who was your team? Who was your team? Who did you like? My, my team growing up was the New York Rangers and I idolized Mike Richter. So I, no, I had like Red Wings. Uh-uh. <laughs> I, I didn't even know the Red Wings were going to draft me. My, I met with the wings the day of the draft day and my meeting was literally 15 minutes. And I was like, wow, that was a waste of 15 minutes of my life. So, Crazy. Okay. Yeah. So, so I, I want to come to draft day. Cause I think that's like such a, like that has to be like such a pivotal part in your life. Like, you know, of course the birth of your four children and getting married to Rachel and whatnot, but like draft moment has to be just such a pivotal point on everything that happens to you after that, but university of Maine, you obviously you got goaltender of the year at the team development. I saw that yeah. But then university of Maine continue to play. Did you, did you go to college also? Like, did you, how were your academics? Did you care about that at all? Or like you were there for hockey? <laughs> what were your grades, Jimmy? <laughs> Great question. Wow. You're the your first. Grades? You're the first ever to ask that on a podcast. Uh, first semester, not so hot. Yeah, I used, I used to be that. I used to be that kid that would wake up in the morning if all the students were, you know, bundled up, hats, scarves, gloves, big jackets on. I was like, yeah, I'm not going out there today. <laughs> but, uh, um, it was, I, I stayed eligible by the skin of my teeth, uh, the first semester. So, um, but after that, I, I turned it on cause I was always a good student in high school. I just think finally got a little bit of freedom and took, you know, took, <laughs> took the leash as far as I could run with it basically. So, uh, <clears throat> I reeled it in and when I left, when I left, I got it all the way up to a 2.95. So it was, it was low. It was low after the first semester. Listen, I, I'm here for a 2.95. I feel like us, 
your lives as players is so structured. Like everything is so structured. Did you feel like growing up because going to junior is so young? I mean, that's still young. 14, 16 is young. Did you feel like your life was just so structured? And then you probably got to university of Maine and had a little bit of, I had a little bit of freedom. Yeah. You had structure, I'm sure for being on the team, but also you had like a little bit of ability to go wild. Yeah. And it wasn't so much like go wild because I knew it was like my draft year and I had to have a great year. It was more (laughs) so long of ah, school. Uh, I can go on the back burner for, for a little bit, but uh, (laughs) I learned my lesson after going two years in a row to mandatory study halls. I was like, I got to get out of this. (laughs) (laughs) And there were always Sunday nights. And I was like, who wants to study hall on Sunday night? Like, come on get your act together. So I got it together and I got, I got out of there, but, uh, it was more just a little bit of freedom. That was basically it. And, uh, my buddy used to always laugh at me and I'd be like, man, I'm not going out there. He'd be like, you just gotta go to class. I'm like, you can go then. <laughs> so. so is there any like highlight moment in that time at, in, at university of Maine that like, you look back as a goalie or do you feel like the big, big stuff was coming? I mean that I I can go back to when I was at the U S program and when we won the gold medal, that was a highlight. Uh, Obviously playing at the university of Maine, like even though we came up short in the national championship, losing one, nothing, that's still a highlight because I, I always wanted to play in a frozen four after, you know, going and watch, watching it with, uh, with my grandfather and my dad. So that was, that was a huge highlight, um, for me in my college career. But I mean, spending three years at the university of Maine, we still have a lake house, um, back in Maine. So it's, it's fun to go back there. It's fun now, you know, during the summer, I'll take my boys up to, to the Alphonse arena where, it sits on the university's campus and they'll skate and, and and have some fun. And they always like walk around and like, they always say like, dad, you're everywhere in here. (laughs) I love that. I don't know. I don't know. I had had solid three years when I was there. Yeah. Okay. So draft day, like how old were you? It was 2003. So how old were you when you were drafted? I was 19 because that was when the rules were different. You couldn't get drafted until after your freshman year of college. If you're going to university, yeah, you couldn't get drafted when you were 18. You had to wait. Okay, so were you, I mean... I was shocked. You were shocked. To be picked by Detroit. Like Like I said, like my meeting with them was like 15 minutes. Do you meet with multiple teams? Yeah, like there's a whole... There's a whole process. There's the NFL or the NFL, like just because I was just watching that a couple weeks ago. There's the NHL, you know, combine where you go to Toronto and uh, they put you through a little bit of testing, and then you, then within the hotel, there's a bunch of bunch of teams that are normally there or at least represented by the organization where they have meeting rooms and and you go through and it's sort of like an interview process. Right. This is the best way to explain it. It's basically they, they sit down, they can ask you very generic questions or they can ask you some questions where you're just like, what are you like, what? Like, yeah. 
like, what, what are you talking about? Like, why, why are you asking me this? But, uh, you know, some very bizarre questions, but, and, you know, it's an interview process and, you know, they're trying to get into your head and, and to see like, you know, what type of kid you are and the time that you're basically allotted with them. So, uh, um, you know, it's, uh, it can be, it can be a grueling um, process just because, you know, you can be in meetings for about three hours. So you're just, you know, drained after them. But were, so you're shocked, but were you excited or what were you thinking? Like, did your parents go to the draft with you? Yeah, I had, you know, my parents were there. Bill family was there. Rachel was there. So I love that. Did you meet Rachel in college? Yeah, we met freshman year. Okay, that's amazing. I yeah. love that. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so we've been together forever. (laughs) You've been together for a long time. So, yeah, I mean, everyone was there. And when Detroit, you know, was on the clock for their pick and for their first pick in the second round, I was shocked to hear my name being called by them. I had no idea that I was even on their radar. Okay, but... So at that time too, were the Red Wings, like, you know, I feel like a legacy team, like, was that huge for you? Like, were you, how were you feeling? Were you super excited or were you? After the initial shock wore off. I was with the Rangers. (laughs) (laughs) After the initial shock wore off and I was like, holy cow, I just got picked by an original 16. Like the amount of history and everything with the Red Wings as an organization, I was just like, Holy, yeah, yeah, like holy cow, like what, what's going on here? Like, I never thought they were going to draft me, and then for them to draft me, you know, was truly a blessing in disguise for things for things to come because it, it was an amazing, you know, fourteen year ride with them. Jimmy, so they have your stats. You're in these interviews. They have your stats already. So, what is it that sets a player apart? Like. What are they, what is it? Because it's, if it was just numbers, then they would just, you know what I'm saying? Like what, yeah. is it, what sets you apart from the other goalies in that type of process? That's a great question. I would love to be on the other side, maybe one day of doing that interview process where, you know, like when you're asking some of these bizarre questions of what's maybe the answer you want to hear back. But uh, I, I don't know what sets them, sets them apart, you know, like, or what sets uh, a goalie apart from one way or the other, other than, you know, for me, it'd be, you know, focusing on their play and, you know, and their numbers and everything like that. So in the interview process, I would love to know like what they're, you know, they're looking for, but to me, it's gotta be just a, they want somebody with character. I think they want somebody with, um, you know, a good foundation that had a good upbringing from, from their kids, you know? Yeah. They're probably talking to everybody too. They talk to your coaches. They talk to, they they want to know you as a, as a whole individual, your work ethic, your spirit, your charisma, everything. Right. Yeah. They, they want to know like, um, you know, they'll ask you like when you're in a slump or something like that, like, what do you do to pull yourself out or something like that? Like, it's yeah. Some of the, some of the interviews can be very extensive and, and very thorough. And, uh, you know, you find out very quickly that they, they know a lot more about you than, than you think. And it can't just be about talent. It's so many talented people out there. It's, you gotta, you gotta come to work the way they want, you know, you gotta yeah. be that person, I think. And I think that's true across the board with 
most really important jobs. Like you got yeah, I mean, a package. Talent can only get you so far. Talent can get you, you know, your foot in the door, but then your work ethic has to take over. And and that's one thing that was instilled for me for at a very young age from my mom and my dad that anything you get in life, you gotta work for. So uh, you know, that's like it was fun and everything to be drafted by the Red Wings, but then at the same time I was like, all right, now it's time to get to work. Right. And what keeps you there? Did you see a lot of people over your career, not just the Red Wings, but that, that came with talent, but they didn't really come with all of the other things and what happens? Oh yeah. They, they don't last very long. Right. I know 14 years is a long time. Yeah. That's a long time. I mean, what do you, and, and such a blessing because I feel like I'm sure, and I don't know, but I'm sure there are players that are here and then here and then, and they're constantly moving their lives and their family and, even just the sense of like learning a new organization, learning new coaching staff, learning the teammates, like learning what you can get away with and what you can't get away with. Like there's so many things like 14 years, like that has to be such a blessing in the whole, your whole, like one of the blessings that you had from the career, the career. Yeah. 14 years in one, you know, one spot, one organization, like you just, you don't see that very often anymore. You know, guys nowadays, uh, especially with the salary cap, they, they have to move up. You know, teams have to do stuff, you know, to, to get under the salary cap or, you know, vice versa. And, you know, guys move, move around a lot more now. And, uh, you know, for me to be able to be, you know, in Detroit for the majority of my career and to have all four kids be born here and still be living here to this day, is uh, like it's it's amazing like i would have never thought um a million years that i would have spent my entire career here but uh i'm sure glad i did okay i read because obviously i did my like i did a little bit of homework on you but you grabbed sydney crosby's face mask like what was that oh that is so blown out of proportion it is yes. so this is not like an exciting story that i need i don't i don't think it is Okay, well, I don't think it's it exciting whatsoever. It did happen, but it happened in the heat of the moment. Like it happened at the end of a game where it just sort of like he cross-checked Zetterberg or uh, Z, you know, several times in the back, and then everything just sort of just sort of happened where I ended up grabbing him with my glove. I didn't even grab him with my block, it was with my glove. And it's and it's mask. And I mean, to this day, I still have people coming up to me saying, like, that was so awesome when you did that to Sidney Crosby. And I was like, huh, I really, I don't think it's all that special. <laughs> but people still like to stop me and tell me about how awesome that was. And I was like, sweet. I'm glad, I'm glad that's the memory you have of me. <laughs> so funny. So as a goalie, do you feel like, because I mean, you are, I don't want to say trapped in the net, but are there moments that you want to like, get into what's going on because I do feel like I I'm still learning about the whole, like why you guys fight and why you sometimes people get in trouble and in the penalty box and sometimes no one gets in trouble, but sometimes, or a lot of the time, I feel like it happens around what's going on with the goalie, like someone like shoves or does something like right around the net. And obviously it's because they're trying to score as well, but yeah. is there ever a moment where you feel like you, you want to like jump into the chaos of a, or obviously uh, you can't. No, I mean, there was, I mean, I guess when, 
when it comes down to push, you know, push comes to shove, it was always when I thought somebody took a freebie on me. Yeah. That's when, that's when I come back. And then as I got older and older and older in the league, I was like, this is a, more and more of a waste of time. <laughs> I go, it's just, yeah. it's wasted energy. So, I mean, every once in a while, like I would only get into, you know, or get involved if everyone's involved. Like, yeah. If somebody, like if my teammates are and somebody's, you know, getting two on one or something like that, then, you know, you got to help, you know, stick up for, for your teammates, obviously, because they, they stuck up for me, you know, many nights. So, uh, um, but when I got older, I was like, that this is a waste of energy. Totally. <laughs> okay. So Ozzy was there when you first came up. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. And he obviously, from what I know, was a super strong goalie and like well-known in the organization. Was that, do you feel like you fed off of working with him and learning from each other? I mean, obviously it came time that you um, were the goalie and you were the one, you know what I mean? But do you feel like you learned in the process of working with Ozzy? I learned from the biggest thing I've learned from Chris is to live in the moment. Yeah. Like he never, like, I know things bothered him because I, I know him really well. He's, you know, one of my best, you know, one of my best friends. So like, uh, but he never let it seem like it, it was bothering him, I guess. So like, um, he was, he was really good at being, you know, mentally tough and blocking things out. Because it is, you know, unfortunately here in Detroit, it is a love-hate relationship when it comes to the boys sometimes. So they either love you or they hate you. So it's, uh, I learned from him, you know, very early on, like I was very blessed that he took me under his wing, wing right away. The uh, first day that we met, um, you know, right after I signed in training camp, like he was, he was my mentor. And slowly and surely we became, you know, really good friends. So when I was ready to take over, he was also ready to let go of the reins. Like he was yeah. ready to, you know, go into the backup position and, uh, um, and, you know, enjoy himself, I guess, a little bit more. Listen, <laughs> and I love that. So, uh, uh, he was, you know, so in such a, you know, positive, uh, reinforcement for me because I knew he was in my corner. I knew like when I was out there, like he wanted me to do well, you know, not a lot of, you can't say that for a lot of guys. You know, I know. Like, I wondered uh, if it was like this, like competitive back and forth, or if mm-hmm. it is, a, can be like a healthy relationship that you're both in there really to support each other along through the whole season. Like you need each other. Right. Yeah. Um, so I love that you, that was your answer and that you guys had that relationship. Mm-hmm. No, I, and I mean, still to this day, I mean, I think he's called me four times today so far. So okay. <laughs> it's like, hey, come on, Chris, I need a break. That's hilarious. Okay, so 14 seasons, three Stanley Cups. No, right? no, that's, two, no, one, 2008. Stanley Cup, but d- were you on at one point and they let you? They put your, they didn't put your name on the trophy. I didn't get the, I didn't get my name on the trophy because I didn't play enough games that year. Okay. But I did have a day with it and I brought it back to my hometown. Okay. I so and that, what is that like? That's just that's worth it in itself, you know, just to be a part of the 2018 uh 2008 uh Stanley Cup team was you know just 
thrill of a lifetime to, to be able to, you know, bring the Stanley Cup back to Ogdensburg, you know, little, little old Ogdensburg, New York. And uh, I know I can't imagine. What did you do? What did you do? I, I brought it around to all the schools. Okay. The, I love that. School. I brought it to the high school. I brought it to, um, I brought it to elementary school that I went to. And, uh, then in the afternoon, brought it down to um, this park that we call the Green Belt that's on the St. Lawrence River and just basically opened it up to, I opened it up to the public and they had to come down if they wanted, you know, a photo wasn't or anything like that. It was $10, I think. I think it was $10. And then $5 went to the Boys and Girls Club. The other $5 went to uh, Augsburg Minor Hockey. So raised a lot of money for for both uh, organizations back there in, in my hometown. And then uh, then we partied with it. <laughs> I, love it. I love that you did have, like, that you gave back to your community in that sense. Yeah. And th- I feel like that's, I like that you partied with it too, though. I wouldn't have anything less. <laughs> yeah, you have to. You have to. When the cup's around, you know, you got to have the champagne ready to pour into it and everyone wants to drink out of it. So it was uh, it was fun and very special to have, you know, not in, my entire family was there, but all my all my friends and their families were there. Um, Rachel's, my wife's family was all there. So it was, you know, it was a special, special night. Okay. All right. So Stanley Cup gold medal. I mean, amazing record in the sense that multiple shutouts, like I, you know, I went through like seasons that you had back-to-back shutouts, which is huge. And I feel like such a ride. I'm sure in that moment, when you have a streak of just playing where you're zoned in, you're focused, you, do you feel more confident or is it like on to the next game to keep it going? It's basically, uh, you feel stress-free. You do. Yeah. Like when you're in, when you're in, when you're in that zone, you know, you you know, you can't be beat or it's going to take, you know, uh, you know, a great shot to beat you. It's a fun feeling because it's hard to explain unless you've actually experienced it. It's hard to explain to, you know, the people like it's, uh, it's, I guess it's one of those, but yeah, it's just, I find it very hard to explain because it doesn't happen very often where you have, you know, you, you have a season where you just feel totally locked in because it's such a long season. Yes. You know, there's going to be, you know, you know, there's going to be some ups and downs. So when you got it, you just try to capture it. It's, it's sort of like lightning in the bottle. <laughs> to this, yeah. to this so you just want to capture it and just let it ride for as long as you can. Okay, so you know when you're in that space. Yeah, like, you know so that you know you're in that space, and you know you probably probably walked a little bit taller. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, so it was. Uh, um, yeah, it's just for me, it's hard to explain that feeling. It's just like you can do, you can do whatever you want and just still smell like roses. I guess, like <laughs> it's sort of weird. Yeah. Jimmy, can I ask you because I'm a professional performer and I've gone through dips of confidence where I didn't think I could get myself out of it. You know, just for like a year or yeah. something. Did you ever experience that, like in the 14 years? Yeah, my last year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us that's so interesting. 
my last year, no matter what I did, it just felt like I was in quicksand. And no matter how hard I worked, no matter what I, I tried to do, I just felt like I, you know, kept sinking and sinking and sinking. So when COVID hit, I was kind of happy just to get a break and step away. So do you feel like, I mean, listen, you're so loved by the organization. You've had so much success in those 14 seasons. What do the Michigan fans mean to you? Because I know they love and adore you. And I'm sure that's part of the reason that that last, because listen, you had a super long, amazing career. Um, so I'm sure in some ways, like even when it is time, you're, you have to be a little bit of struggle. Like, is it time? Do I want to do like, where's my headspace? But the fans love you. What do they mean to you in general? Because I know they love you just from even being in the organization and being around. Uh, it means, you know, it means the world. Like, obviously like you, you go out there, you, you want to perform for them every single night, right? Like, you know, that they're spending their hard earned money to come watch you play. And it's sort of been, been an, an escape for them, right? You know, for, uh, to get away from their, uh, um, you know, daily work schedule or, you know, struggles or whatever it may be. So for, to know that, that I'm still loved out there is means that I must've done something right in my 14 years because, um, you know, I always wanted to, you know, go out there and perform because you never know who was watching, you know, their first game or maybe it was their last. So you wanted to go out there and perform well. Okay. So what is it like, do you see people out and do you hear, like, do people say like, Hey, like, do they feel like being living in Michigan? Like, do you on the daily feel like you're seeing people that, you know, just look up to you and think so much of you? I think, I think where I live and being around the rinks, the nostalgic is kind of worn off because everyone's so used to, you know, seeing me around now in the public, you know, whether it's, um, you know, going out to eat with Rachel and the kids or Rachel, uh, you know, date night, like we always go to the same spot. So we see the same people and, you know, I'm traveling so much now with the kid, with both boys, with, with hockey and, and, in that sense, I think people are just like, oh, there's Jimmy again with one of his boys. So right. it's, uh, yeah, I put on the dad hat and that's, uh, and that's, you know, a lot of fun as well. Okay. So you're transitioning into home life and you have boys and a little girl. I can't even imagine, I can't even imagine the princess she is and Rachel's gorgeous. So I know that this little, you're going to have you're going to have your hands. I already full. have my hands full. With it. <laughs> you have your hands full right now. Yeah. Yeah. So what is it like to you? Are you excited to live hockey with them? If that's what they choose and where their heart goes to, is it fun to be on the other side of it in that way now? Oh, most definitely. I feel like, especially with, you know, my older boys, James and Henry, I was gone so much. I miss a lot of uh, their yeah. early childhood. So it's nice to be around in that aspect, to, you know, to have them, you know, rely on me now and, and coaching them. Like Henry, Henry started with a new team, new hockey team last night. And he was like, Dad, I'm, like, you're still going to coach me, right? I'm like, yeah, buddy, I'm, I'm still going to coach you. He's I like, yes. That. So, you know, like that, that means, you know, the world to me, um, you know, obviously, Olivia, my last year, you know, she was still only one and a half, two-ish, somewhere in there. So, like, she doesn't remember me being gone. 
Um, right. Louis, Louis only knows me being around <laughs> and so does yeah. Olivia. So, um, it's, yeah, I mean, we have our hands full here with the four of these knuckleheads. Okay. And like props to Rachel that yes. Um, like she did that on her own for mm-hmm. a while, for a long time. Yeah. But yeah. now she has you home all the time, which I'm sure is just another magical piece. <laughs> yeah. 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 You, know, you can laugh at that one because it's yeah. true. She probably, she probably wishes I go on the road every once in a while. <laughs> I know. I totally get that. Okay. So anything, I mean, obviously the way I know you is, um, Sal and like he just loves you for multiple reasons as a goalie um I think even as a friend like he loved the relationship and the bond that the two of you had and um was sad when you retired but is there any any good you know dirt you can dish that would be appropriate for the podcast probably not any stories that the two of you have I probably don't want to know and and wouldn't be good for the podcast but um I love that that you guys had the relationship did you feel like you guys had a great working relationship we had a great working relationship like I I love sound like he's I still love seeing him you know during the year when he would come and help out with one of the teams uh and I kind of miss having beers with him. That's what I miss. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. like, I miss having beers with him. So uh, I know I got to catch up soon here with him. So, um, Jimmy, can I, can I ask you? Yeah. Because I, I, I don't know you at all, but how is it to retire? Like, how do you feel? How was that process? That uh, emotional process. I mean, when I, when I retired was in the middle of a pandemic. So it was bizarre. I think it was bizarre for everyone. Um, it did it, like, it never hit me about retirement until this year, the beginning of this season, really? when there was the build up to the season, the boys, the, you know, the wings, they actually went up to Traverse city for training camp. There was preseason games and everything like that. So like the build, the build up was for me this time around was, you know, was harder than when they just picked up and started playing, you know, halfway through the year last year. So, um, it just, yeah. Like seeing fans like back, you know, back in the crowds and everything like that, uh, you know, made me miss it uh, that much more than when I retired, you know, during the pandemic, I was like, you know what, I don't want to jump through all these hoops, you know, have to play. Like if I was going to play, I was going to have to move away. And then, I was going to ask you what made the decision for you. Well, if I moved away, then, you know, no matter where I went before my family could even see me, they would have to, you know, quarantine for 10 to 14 days. And by then they'd probably already have to go back. So at the end of the day, I was like, is it really worth it? You know, to, you know, jump through all these hoops and everything like that. But, uh, you know, I decided, no, it's not like being home here is, is way more important. And, um, I haven't regretted it one bit. Okay. So your fa- face is obviously camera ready always. And I saw you on the jumbotron, uh, at the game. Do you feel like you, do you like doing a little bit of that, like commentating and like being a part of, um, the red wings experience? Yeah. I mean, that part's, that part's fun and everything. Like I, I do enjoy that. 
Um, the end goal doing that is also, you know, hopefully be sitting next to Ozzy one day on Valley Sports. Like that's, yeah, that's where, that's where I'd love to be, you know, just, uh, sitting there talking hockey with, uh, with Ozzy and Trevor, uh, Mickey, Larry, all those guys. So it would, that would be, you know, the end goal, but, uh, for the time being, I'll, I'll just keep doing that. How about for those young athletes out there? Do you have any advice for those, for those kids? for yeah for anything like have your dreams you know have your goals but in order to pursue you know or achieve those goals like you're gonna have to work like at the end of the day no matter what it is in life that you want whether it's being a doctor or a lawyer or or, you know professional athlete like you're gonna have to put in the time and you're gonna have to work and you're gonna have to love the process of doing it day in and day out and you were lucky enough to work super hard, but do something that you loved every single day. Yeah. Very fortunate. I love that for you. Jimmy, thank you so much for being here. We just had a ball talking to you and we just hope to see more of you listeners. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Go to the show notes. You're going to find a link to join our newsletter and some discount codes for vibrant bra company and hue and grace beauty products if you would honor us with the five-star rating and review anywhere you get your podcast it really helps us grow this audience and find us on instagram at grand rev creative and on twitter at grass underscore podcast we appreciate you so happy that you're here to listen to us and we will see you guys next week this is greener grass Was it terrible? No. It wasn't terrible, right? Is it, is it fun? Is it is it is it weird getting interviewed about hockey with two people who don't know don't really about do hockey? hockey? No. <laughs> Not at all. That's like talking to every single beat writer. Oh, <laughs> I, that's true. I'm sure that's true. They should know hockey though if they're writing I, about I'm it. I'm just joking. <laughs> We're going to leave that part in. We're going to share that part. Yeah, you should. (laughs) Just kick it off of that one.